So you got a whole uh, alpha team now, don't you? But you, but you have a wealth of knowledge that is beneficial to a lot of people, and it we can move the needle. How often do you hear a hunting podcast? We talked about this. People relate to this. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Kafarcast. I am your fill-in host, Jerry Shaw, here with Mike Hearn. Uh, Aaron is off gallivanting in the elk woods, and we don't have a uh, podcast for the next couple weeks, so me and Mike decided to hop on and talk about some of his adventures that he's having down there in uh, Colorado and a little bit of everywhere. And Mike, morning. What's up, buddy? It's early morning. <laughs> no kidding. This is what happens when the boss uh, leaves it to us. We just <laughs> we go rogue and we make yep. it happen. So gotta 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 give people what they want. And so yeah, we're here on the uh, here on the old Skype, and we'll knock out a podcast for everyone this week, and let you get back to uh, chasing elk. Get back to chasing elk ruining my body we're at the point in elk season now where like you're getting uh like everyone's feeling skinny fat (laughs) because we're losing all our muscle mass like from training all season and we're eating like shit and you just wore out like you're up and you're up before the sun comes up hiking into the mountains to get back to where the elk are and then you're you're hiking out after the sun's already down and it's late and you get back, you got to like eat a hot meal and go to sleep so you can get right back and do it again. You ever struggle like eating, you know, while you're on the mountain? I know the few backcountry hunts that I've done where I, I just, you know, you exert so much throughout the day that I just struggle to even get food down. Yeah. I'm not a big, I'm not a big eater out there. Like I'll get hungry at certain times and I'm only hungry for certain things and it's not healthy. It's not healthy <laughs> things. It's it's damn near impossible to eat healthy. Um, we're, we're starting to kind of hunt from the trucks a little bit. So uh, hunting from the trucks is helping because I'm going to, like, before we go back in today, I'm going to grab, like, some burger meat, like some pre-made, pre-pattied burgers because I have a freezer full of burger meat, but uh, pre-pattied burgers for simplicity and, like, eat some, like, actual food out there. Yeah, since you got the cooler close by, you can actually carry in some not freeze dried garbage. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, it's pretty bad. All of it sucks um, at this point. Like, it, uh, I'm living out of the go fast. So it's freaking, it's, I was going to say, yeah, you're living life of freaking in the castle. That thing is the bee's knees. Like, I have not one of the best products that I've found in like my entire life. Um, it goes up. So he like, did you see my Instagram story? Yeah. The, we're, the, the guy setting the tent up, like hammering the stakes. Yeah, in. <laughs> Lance was outside pounding stakes. And like, cause we pulled up me and my buddy Kyle pulled up the camp. Cause Lance like sent me a pin to where camp was. We pulled up the camp. Um, kind of got our gear organized. And then I hopped up, I pulled the two levers out and pushed it up. And I was like, camp set. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then like we were all hanging out after eating our food and um i'm like all right guys i'm going to bed and then got in the go fast and then i hear tink tink tink, <laughs> tink and i'm like man so it's, it's uh, you. <laughs> i mean that that thing is the best of both worlds because you got a tent on top of your topper so it's like i can still use my topper 
that's the only like i've always had a truck with a topper because i don't want to leave my truck like when i take off in september all my stuff's in there i'm prepared to live out of my truck for a month so i don't want to leave like especially if i'm going to backpack in i don't want to leave a cooler and all my gear and my food boxes and all that stuff exposed so because i look at like those overlanding rigs to put on your truck where you can put a tent on top Yep. You know, but right then all your stuff's exposed. Everything in the back of your truck's getting rained on and, and it's exposed to the dust and the elements and all of that. So uh when I saw it go fast, I was like, that's it. Cause like especially I, I can't tell you every season basically I've hunted from the truck at least at some point. So I've either slept on the back seat of my truck, which isn't terrible for me because I'm smaller, but it's still yeah. not great. It. It's that I well it's a relative term but it's not it's not terrible but it's also not great and i can't like i was like man i'd love to be able to sleep in my topper but then i have to take all that shit out of my truck and load it all back up in the morning before i head up the trail so uh this thing it solves all of it like everything's in my truck we're in my truck bed where it belongs and then i can sleep on top and it takes literally 10 seconds to set it up and about 30 seconds to pull it down when you're ready to rock and roll and hit the road, like 30 seconds, that thing's closed and you're in the truck driving. So now I see they make, cause now do you have to use a ladder to get in it. No, the floor is modular. So you can, you, you can use a ladder. Obviously I have a ladder on one side. I usually put the ladder on my side, but the floor like pushes up. So once okay. the tent's up, uh, the floor pushes up, which that's also nice. If you're hanging out at camp on a rainy day, like, uh, on Cody's moose hunt, we'll get to this, but we'll get to the actual hunt. But on Cody's moose hunt, we were hanging out waiting for packers to come in to get that moose out for us. Cause we killed it a little bit further back than, uh, our backs wanted to carry a moose out. Um, so we were waiting for packers to come in, big rainstorm was coming in. So I took the entire, everything, but the front part of the camper floor the tent floor, I guess I should say, is modular. So I moved everything all the way to the front. And I basically, you could stand and walk fully, like fully erect, standing up uh, all the way to the back of my truck bed. So we put chairs in there and like, we're all set up to just hang out. That's badass. In my truck. So. Yeah, I seen they made a, it must have been like a little like sling so that a dog could walk up the ladder. I don't. I don't think they made that. It's another company. But oh, okay. That, yeah. But yeah, you those, that like, on well, that'd be about the only way that I can get my behemoths up into the. Yeah, I saw that. Thing. I thought that was cool. One day I'll have a dog when I'm a responsible adult. One of these days you'll you'll I'm be a adult. <laughs> well, well, it's not more. It's not the matter of being a responsible adult. I'm, I'm a responsible adult, but I need a partner to help me take care of a dog. So. Um, it's not a solo mission, especially as fast paced as I would like. Yeah, I was gonna say you're not home enough to uh to be able. To, you already need a purse dog that you can just take with you everywhere that'll fit in your yeah 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 that yeah, but I don't like those. So. <laughs> oh. out. No, that's awesome. Oh, you've been freaking you've been burning the midnight oil for a few. We've been, uh, we've been getting now. it. Yeah, we've been getting it. Uh. The season started out pretty good. So Lance, who's actually going to come up and he'll be up working for Kafaro. He's getting ready to retire. Lance Banning. Um, some people probably know him. Some people might not because he's been kind of dark on the internet uh, the last few years. But he's a he's a Green Beret. Lance and I actually grew up 
in the same platoon in the 82nd Airborne Division at different times, or we didn't grow up, but we served in the same platoon in the 82nd Airborne Division. We served in a, in a scout sniper platoon there. And then Lance went to selection. I came home from my first deployment uh, and moved from Italy to Fort Bragg and ended up in that same organization. So we knew a lot of the same people already. And then kind of small world hunting's a small world right so lance and i knew like a lot of the same people like our a lot of our close friends like lance is on this end of the the left side of the close friend group i'm on the right side of the close friend group and then we have all these close friends in the middle and then the hunting industry um obviously kafaru and aaron lance and aaron had a pretty good relationship and then i showed up and like so it was it was uh fate that we would meet and become homies but he's he's retiring so he's out here staying with me for hunting season that he's going to come up there and work at kafaru in october Uh, but he showed up and we weren't i wasn't even going to buy an okay this year because cody cubby as you know drew uh, he's got a horseshoe up his ass and he does have a horseshoe up his ass so he drew a bighorn sheep tag and a moose tag in the same year um so as a result of that i was like man I'll, I'll, i did i put in for a pretty good unit in colorado that i should have drawn or had a decent chance of drawing with six points and didn't draw so i was like all right well i didn't draw that unit so cody like I'm not, I'm not even going to buy my over-the-counter tag till his once-in-a-lifetime tags are filled. Like, that's where my mindset was because it's cool when somebody draws a tag like that because everybody in, like, your circle, at least in our crew, um, everybody kind of drops what they're doing to help that person fill that tag. Like, it's all hands-on tag to, to, one, help them find a good animal to kill and, two, like, help them get the tag filled. So I wasn't going to buy a tag. Um it was the day before season and Lance and I went out and we're doing our grocery shopping to get like backpacking food and stuff. So we were, we were cruising around and we kind of were like, you know, screw it. There's, there's an area close by that we can access. Um, and Lance is like, I know this area there's, there's decent pools in there. Like we have a pretty good chance of killing an elk. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, let's go get tags. We'll hunt the opener because Cody's hunt started the third, or we were his hunt, his sheep hunt was the first hunt that started on the fifth. That was when he could pull the trigger. Um, so our plan was to backpack in on the third or the fourth based on what Cody was finding while he was out scouting. So I was like, well, we got a day, maybe two days. So let's grab it. We'll hunt the we'll hunt the opener. So grab a tag, go out. Um, pretty normal elk hunting morning. Not hearing anything, not seeing anything. And then this is this is opening morning, right? Opening morning, not hearing anything, not seeing anything. Early then, yeah. And then I start hearing some cow calls. Uh, and Lance is hard of hearing. He's been blown up or near too many explosions. So he's got he's got. Uh, You'll see when he gets up there. He's, he's got, got the miracle ears. <laughs> yeah, he's got the miracle ears, but he didn't have those in. I'm like, Lance, you hear this cow call? He's like, no. I'm like, well, there's definitely cow calling over there, but it sounds like it's the same sound in the same spot, which tells me it's probably a hunter. So, um, but then, I'll, then I heard a bugle, and I was like, that's not a hunter. And then I heard the hunter bugle, and I'm like, okay, so that's definitely a <laughs> that's- hunter. That That's the hunter cow calling. That was a bullet bugle. 
Um, so Lance and I sat there and we kind of, we, we started making a, a little bit of a move. So if we're on a, a on a level ground, it, Lance and I were on one end, the hunter was in between us and the bull. So, um, I don't know if that hunter knew the bull was there. I'm, I'm assuming he did because I don't know how, how else he would have figured that out. But anyways, so it's us, hunter, bull. So we start making kind of a big, wide clover leaf to get around uh, to where the bull is. And as we're doing it, we're like being conscious of, of where that hunter's at and how things are going. And we even, we, we, uh, we discussed it twice. I was like, man, it's kind of screwed up. I don't want to go cut those guys off from that bull. And, but we still wanted to be in position to be able to, if, if something crazy happened or if the bull kept pushing up the drain that she was in. Yeah. If they boogered up there. Mm-hmm. Set up. And so we got up there and as Lance and I were moving, I mean, it took us a hot minute to cover that ground. And as we were moving, we realized those hunters were like, they, they weren't going to kill that bull. They were sitting in one spot, cow calling and, and bugling and, their calls were not the best. They weren't terrible, but they weren't the best. Um, and they, they they just weren't moving. Like they were they were in that spot. They were it was call that bull to them or nothing. So was there over um, like a water hole or something? Maybe no. It's 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 just it's pinion pine and juniper where we were. Um, so it's high desert. But they were in one. They 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 just didn't know what they were doing, right? And. Um, so, I mean, not that they didn't know what they were doing. They just, they, I, we knew they weren't going to get it done that way. That bull was not, that bull was not budging from where he kept bugling from. Um, so Lance and I moved in, probably got within 80 yards of the bull. Uh, Lance set up and started bugling. And I just started moving towards the last sound of the bull's bugle, cow call, just mewing, like, hey, so in that bull's mind, I think he thought that I was a cow leaving another bull to come to him. Right. And that's, that's what we wanted to sound like. So Lance was like whining and growling in the bugle tube. And I'm just mew, mew, mew all the way into that bull. Like I, I did that all the way into 30 yards because I couldn't see because it's the pinion pine and juniper so thick. I get to about 30 yards and I just see cows blow out everywhere. I'm like, God dang it. I screwed that up. And but then I look through the, the pinion pine and juniper and, and there's that bull like looking back, like, where's this cow at? She said, I still hear her. She's coming. Like, where's she at? So the bull, the bull held his ground waiting for me to get there to see like, Oh, there's a new cow. Cool. Um, and I could see that he's a good bull, like a good bull. So um i'm like all right cool i gotta figure something out the bull started as he started to turn i drew my bow uh side note um i i uh i tested this this year i could have done better but i will never ever ever hunt with a single pin sight again and i did not intend to hunt with a single pin sight i would like to say that first and foremost just my summer's been so ridiculously busy that i didn't make the time i'm not gonna say i didn't have time i didn't make time to take my single pin housing off from like tack and 3d season and put my four pin that i normally hunt with on because you like pull that site off and i would have to level it and do all the accesses and then sight in all the pins right and i didn't have time i did not make time to do that so i 
was riding the lightning with my single pin sight, which is the HHA Tetra Max RYZ. So it has two pins. It's got two pin indicators. It's got your your actual pin on top, and then there's another there's another filament down in the post, and it's got two indicators. At 20 yards, you got your 20, and then that secondary indicator it, for me at my at my arrow speeds at 40 yards. Bulls at 30. I looked down at that and made the conscious rational thought in my head all right i need to hold i need to pin gap this bull like i need 40 and 30 or 40 and 20 like the space in between needs to be on his vitals thought about that got the full draw saw the size of that bull and buried that 20 pin behind the shoulder your your uh your iron mind went to shit it went to shit like but i was in it i was in the zone like anchor point everything's freaking money except for where i was holding on that animal <laughs> you saw the pin like pin goes there that's the only pin that's that's yep. the pin i hold so yeah it's exactly what i did and as soon as i released my arrow i knew that's what i did i like was mother effing myself that like i was like damn it i knew it like before the arrow even hit anything i was like i i knew i did it as soon as i pulled the trigger i was like man um so i hit the bull don't know where i hit the bull hard to tell i heard it hit the bull i know i hit the bull he took off i know i hit the bull low um so i start moving i'm like well i don't think i hit him good anywhere so i just kind of creep forward pretty much almost immediately after that shot um i start creeping forward to look for my arrow to to check blood because i'm pretty like not gonna say i'm devastated but i'm like man i just fucked that up like i screwed that up big time um so i start creeping forward and then in front of me, I, the bull stumbles through another patch of pinion pine and juniper, and he's stumbling. I'm like, oh, he's messed up. <laughs> like, still don't know where I hit him at this point, but I'm like, dang, he's not, he's not moving, kid. And he sees me about the same time as he, he's stumbling through that stuff, and he sees me. I'm like, okay, all right, we might, we might could work with this. So if he starts going down into a draw, I stay up high in the draw because he's pinning pine and juniper. So I can kind of track his antlers as they go through. This is the second, this is my second, the second portion of this is my other testament for why I will not hunt with a single pin ever again. I learned my lesson and I knew, I knew better in the first place. And I just figured you'd let her buck. Well, you didn't really have a choice. I mean, either you're going to spend time setting up your second site or you're going to go hunting. Yeah, exactly. So, and I did, I let her buck. So, but this is, this is why, and in my head, this is, these are all the excuses that I've always used for why I don't want to hunt with a single pin that, and then they all happened when I hunted with a single pin. So, um, so the bull's going through this draw down into this canyon. I'm staying up on the high ground. I get to this like cliffed out part. It's like a 10 foot cliff, nothing crazy, right? Not like way up in the air. It's just these really rocky canyony land. Um, and I see, I'm watching the bull tracking him. I see the space that he's about to walk into. And so I range that space, mess with my freaking sight, right? Dial the yardage. I think I ranged it 50 yards, dial. And he gets in that space, stops. I let an arrow rip. 
hit them through the back straps because the area that I ranged was a little bit further behind the in the space than where the bull was. So hit him through the back strap. So he's not okay. There's a second arrow in the bull. That's not good. So then he's like, okay, he's he's hurting now. So he's like, okay, I'm gonna go up the other side of this canyon. So I repeat, I repeat step one and two, range a spot I think the bull's gonna go into, wait for him to get there, dial my sight. He gets there, I draw, send an arrow. This time I hit him like right below the hump. He's one of, he was one, he was a bit like he's an old bull. I don't know how old he is. I don't even, I don't know how to age elk, but he's old. Like he had a big old hump back. Like so I hit him below the hump. Um and from my angle where I was, I did not think that was I thought I was in no man's land. Like I did not think I hit bugs. Um I'm like, God dang it, again. <laughs> So then he he gets close. He's almost to the tree line now in this like on this rock face that he's walking up out of this canyon on the other side of the canyon, like opposite side of the canyon for me. Uh, repeat repeat the process, but this time he actually stops. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna range him this time. Range him 80 yards. Excellent. Have time to dial my sight. Rush through everything to get to full draw because now I I can't range him and then just draw my bow and hold a pin. I have to dial, draw, and then shoot. So I got to range, dial, draw, shoot. So I rushed that shot, and he was quartered away from me super hard, and I hit him and I, I buried it in his in his left in his left hand, like right in the butt cheek. Buried that arrow. So, uh, and then he he continues to move off. So now this bull has three arrows sticking out of him, and. The, the first one hit him, but it didn't, it didn't stick in. It was not inside of him. So he's got three arrows sticking out of him. All these shots. I'm like, I, in my mind, I'm like, I did not kill that elk with any of those shots. Like I, I screwed him up, but I did not kill him. So he went up into the trees and I'm like, okay, I got one arrow left in my five arrow quiver. I drop down in the Canyon, start climbing up the other side. I see Lance behind me. He comes out and calls at me. He's motioning to me to stop, but I, I'm in the zone. I'm, <laughs> Your tunnel I'm, vision. I'm full Native American at this point. I'm sending arrows because I've now I've seen this bull in the open. Like I've seen this bull, and I'm like, holy cow, it's a big bull for for me. Um, for over the counter, that it's the best bull in my career so far. Um, so I I hold up the number three to him, and I head on up the canyon. <laughs> trying to fight, like run this thing down and put another arrow in it. I get to the top where I kind of lost sight of that bull and I'm like, all right, got to slow down. No idea where the elk went. So slow down. Lance catches up to me and yells at me. He's like, you just bumped that bull. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I watched that bull from the other side of the canyon try to lay down and die until your little ass scurried up the fucking, <laughs> scurried up the canyon. And pushed him like he was about to die right here where we're standing. And he's like, I was like, no, nah, dude, I don't, I don't think he's gonna die, man. Like all three of those arrows that are in him are not good. And what we hadn't discussed is that Lance had seen the bull, so I, I shot the bull every, all my shots except for the first shot that I took, uh, the initial shot that I took were on the left side of the animal. Lance had gotten a view of him 
from like walking away and a view of his right side so he could see where the arrows were exiting um he's like no i'm pretty sure that the one of those arrows is in his lungs like he's he's dying <laughs> so i sat there and debated it with him because i'm a i'm a i'm a plan for the worst hope for the best i'm like man i really think i need to get on this guy and put another arrow in him plus he was going towards where the other hunters were so i was like i don't want him to walk into these other hunters and and eat one of their well-placed shots with their four pin bow sight because they're prepared you know so um so that was the other thing i had in my mind uh but he's like see that cactus right there because i tried to i tried to argue it i tried to justify my actions and and they were justified in my mind i still think they were justified but i'm glad lance was there because he got to see a different view than i got he's like you see that cactus right there you're not allowed to go past that cactus till 9 30. He's like yelling at me like a dad. He's like, sit down, <laughs> eat a fucking snack, chill out. Not allowed to go past that cactus. I'm like, 9 30. And it's like 8 40 at this time. I'm like, dang, man, that's a long just time. Just pacing, just pacing back and forth. That's like. what I yeah. That's all I was like, man, I don't look because I did not think any of those arrows. I thought that that second, the second arrow in the canyon, third arrow overall, I thought that arrow was in no man's land. Like I really did. So I got bored and turned around. I went back out under that rocky canyon. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go just look at the blood out there. Like, I'm going to just go check things out. The blood was okay. But, there, I mean, it was okay. But I still did. I still, I was trying to find anything to be like, yep, okay, I killed him. Lance is right. He's going to be dead. Um, but I still, like, had this feeling like, I, I don't know if any of those shots were good. And um, so... Nine nine twenty six rolls around. I'm like, all right, let's go. And I was like, no, no, it's not nine thirty. <laughs> and I'm like, God dang it! So uh, nine thirty rolls around. We start moving, moving, following the blood because I went back and found a blood trail in my in my um, moment of being yelled at by dad. So I went back, found a blood trail. So we followed the blood and followed tracks. And we went 80 yards away from where he's piled up. And then I started to smell him. And then I looked over and I was like, oh, there he is. All right, cool. And he's dead as a doornail. And he was huge for, for an over-the-counter bull, like mass for days. He didn't have a lot of time length, but he was he was a thick yeah, say so He looked so, very heavy. Yeah, we scored him at like 330-ish. He had one, he had like a weird, he had a weird point between his uh, fifth and sixth. So he he's a 330-ish bull. So it's a good bull for over the counter on opening day. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah. I was in there, and I was in there prepared to shoot a raghorn. So yeah, I was say opening day success, you can't uh yeah, can't argue you with can't, that. not a bull like that. I don't think because no. I was ready. You're not going to gonna turn that one down. No, I was ready to smoke a rag four points. So, what happened? Here's what happened that first shot hit him in the legs, both his hit both his front legs. And I'm a, I'm a believer in severed broadheads because that's what I was shooting. Um, I shot to 1.5 mm-hmm. and like they jacked his front legs up so that was that that first shot hit his front legs and that was what slowed him down enough that i could get 
two more arrows in him because both those legs were rest up. Like they, he was in some, some serious pain. Um, and then obviously I think, I think that the shot that he bled from was the third shot that I thought was in no man's land between the spine and the lungs. That's the shot that he bled from. So I'm not sure if my, my last shot that I buried into his butt cheek cut the femoral or if that, that shot actually went through his lungs. I'm not sure which one of those two killed him, but there was a, he bled a good bit for, for it being high. Yeah. And and I shot a bull last year. The bull I shot last year, I hit that bull mid body, like as, as good of a shot as I can make on an elk. I hit that bull and I could not, maybe it might've been a touchback. It might've got like the back of the lungs and liver, but I couldn't find blood to, to save my life. And I used a, I'm not going to name the broadhead company, but I used a, a, a three blade fixed blade broadhead on that elk. And that's why this year, that's why I shot the severs only. I'm shooting severs. Like I'm putting big holes in these animals. I want blood to follow. Cause I know that bull I shot last year is dead and we could not find him. Like I know he is. When it but, takes a long, I mean, elk are huge and it takes a long for that body cavity to fill up with blood to come yeah. out. You know, you can get it a little bit high. Not that I'm an elk expert by any means, yeah. but from what I've seen. Yeah. You know, but this bull bled, like he bled good from, from the, from that um, high long, right below the hump shot, like with the sever. So I, I was, and I was happy with how they performed all my arrows. I'm not a big man. I'm shooting an 80 pound bow. I'm shooting like 290 foot per second ish with a 444 grain arrow. I'm shooting the Spartans and all of those arrows. I mean, I had, they didn't completely, it was a complete pass through, but they were still in the bull. Yeah. Right. They're sticking out of both sides. So like, I, I'm pretty happy with that performance for, my size so that's uh that's a sustain but um single pin not so much like if had i so had i not had a single pin bow sight and this is always this was never the reason why i didn't want to hunt with a single pin the reason i don't like hunting with a single pin or in my mind the excuses that i made is that's a whole extra movement i have to make when an animal's in front of me because i have to range it or guesstimate i'm not a great range estimator so i generally usually range it if i don't know the range or i haven't already ranged something near the animal i have to range it then i have to get my release on my do draw my bow and make a good shot you add a single pin bow sight in there now there's a whole nother movement i have to reach up to my bow sight and i have to dial for the distance so i i like to have fixed pins at least to 50 yards uh, because 50 yards and beyond, if I'm shooting 60, there's usually a little bit of wiggle room where you can get yeah. away with a little bit more movement, but 50 yards is in, I don't like to have to move. Um, and, and that would have, that probably would have changed the outcome of that hunt because I would have actually been able to range the bull when he stopped in the first opening, but I didn't, I had to keep ranging before he got to these openings because I had to range him and then adjust the site and then draw. So I had to be prepared to do that. So um, I had that whole extra movement in there that kind of threw me off. It's doable and there's people that do it, but it's not my cup of tea. Yeah, and if you don't, that, uh, if you're not used to hunting with a single pin, cause I'm assuming that you just normally hunt with a four to five pin. Yeah, you know, like four the, pin. What do you usually run like the Tetra, Tetra four pin? Yeah, I run the four pin. I just pop my, I pop my, my single pin off put my four pin on level it. And then I go slide my pins in and 
ready to rock and roll for hunting season. And I got 20 through 50 covered by fixed pins. And then my 50 pin is my floater. So 60 and beyond, I use that bottom pin. Yeah, same here. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. But we got him killed. And <laughs> he's a freaking, he's a monster of an elk. I'm, I'm, I'm super happy with him. So, and for opening day, like it doesn't, it doesn't get much better. It doesn't get much better on opening day. No, for sure. And say having a, a three thirty like that plan come together, everything kind of lining up like that, especially with what you knew you had your, for your schedule coming up. Like, yeah. yeah. That took, that took a huge weight off the shoulders. So, yep. um, but yeah, so then we got that bull out, took him to the processor because I don't process my own meat because that takes time. Same reason I didn't put a four pin bow site. I didn't put my four pin housing on there. I didn't make time to do it. And so we took him to the processor and we were packing and off to meet Cody. So uh, the sheep hunt was, I did not have a great, uh, I didn't have a warm and fuzzy going into the sheep hunt. Like it, I went on one scouting trip with Cody to the area that we actually ended up hunting. And we did, we found like three banana horn ramps, like nothing, nothing worth shooting. So I was prepared to be like in the high country for, we packed enough food for that night plus five days, the night we hiked in plus five days. Um, so I was prepared for it to be a grinder. I, I think everybody was Cody, Cody had, Cody had driven around because he's, he's working a construction project in Aspen. And that's the, like the area of the sheep unit he got was like the Marine bells. So I don't know what exact unit it is, but, um, so Cody had driven, he had backpacked in on his side. We ended up going over to the other side of the mountain range is where we ended up packing in for sheep. But, um, he'd been all over the place and he had not turned up one like shooter ramp had like, none and when you get a tag like that he's he's That's gotta be a, just a sinking gut-wrenching feeling like uh, oh yeah yeah mm. uh, well you'll see in that that reel like that's i think that's why he was so fired up like it was it's a once in a lifetime tag it's such a big unit and there's so few sheep for the size of the unit that it's he had to have had that feeling because I had a little bit of like, man, here we go. Like I was confident we would find one. Um, Aaron was supposed to come down and help because uh, none of us are, are sheep hunters at all. Like Aaron's the most experienced sheep hunter in the crew, but he got, he was, he still had some things to wrap up in British Columbia. So he's like, Hey, I'm not going to, I I'm coming home a week late. Like, sorry guys. Like good luck. Um, so Cody and, and after we added it up, they, they estimate there's like a hundred to 124 sheep in that unit. And Cody had seen about like about 50% of the animals. So, and still hadn't turned up a good ram. So, um, left from my house, Lance and I, Cody left from his place. So he beat us there and, um, he was going to wait for us, but I, uh, I screwed up. I forgot my camera. So I got, I got like 45 minutes away from the house and I was like, Oh, we got to turn around. Um, 
had everything packed, was talking shit to Lance about doing good pre-combat checks and pre-combat inspections, like re-inspect all your gear. And then uh, I, I'm the one that forgot a critical piece of equipment. So mm-hmm. I, we, we turned around, picked up my camera. Cody hiked in before us. Um, I had the pre-planned campsite. We've already been in there once. So I already knew the area pretty decently and knew where we were camping. And um, we get in there, we hit the last patch of trees before the alpine and the last patch of trees there's still like a half a mile to probably three quarters of a mile to the pre where we plan to camp hit that last patch of trees and walk through there I'm like okay so we've probably got 45 minutes an hour left to walk in to get up into the alpine to where camp is and then we're walking in the dark and all of a sudden i see a couple of headlamps pop on and i'm like cody's truck is the only truck in the trailhead so i'm like you motherfuckers I, sorry, I'm swearing a lot, but that's what I said, people. That's what I said. I said, UMFers have better found sheep, and that's why you're camped short of the tree line, not because you didn't feel like walking up to the pre-planned campsite. <laughs> and Cody immediately was like, oh, yeah, dude, we found we found a band of, like, seven rams. Like, we got just outside of the tree line. His buddy Casey spotted them, and they they sat there and glassed. And he's like, one of them, one of them's a shooter for sure. And so, like, showed pictures. So we kind of came up with a plan: get up at four a.m. Uh, so we could have coffee, and then and then hike into position while it's still dark, and try to get under those rams where they're bedded. And, and Cody's hunting with a rifle. I talked Cody into hunting with a rifle. Uh, Cody wanted to bow hunt the sheep tag initially. But then when he drew his moose tag, he was like, okay, I'm definitely, I'll definitely use a rifle on the sheep hunt. So win for me because I did not want to bow hunt bighorn sheep. And that would have been, it would have been a, it would have been a hard bow hunt because the sheep are not, they were not in very good bow hunter spots. Hmm. How, uh, how far in did you have to hike? Well, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. Um, the trailhead, the, the trail that we had to drive to get to the trailhead so screwed up that, like, it's some of the most beautiful country I've ever seen in Colorado. Like, I want to go back up there and do some fishing at these lakes and, and like, spend some time up there because it's just gorgeous. Um, but, at, like, two miles. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's it's pretty, it's easy walking, too. Like, super easy walking to get up there. And then once you got to climb up, like, onto the peaks and like get up in the scree and the shale and stuff that's a little rough but it's it's it was it was a pre, it was pretty delightful so um yeah compare and especially compared to the rest of that unit the rest of that unit was like steep but it's big right so if they if they, if they weren't there we'd have been suffering but we got we got lucky is what happened so we get up get underneath those sheep in the dark get spotter set up sun starts to you know that's the pre-morning uh what's the word like the pre-dawn like nautical twilight pre-dawn yeah. you know like the, the sun it's not official sunrise it's that 30 minutes before the sky's lighting up and those sheep start to materialize and, and the spotters like in the exact spot where they put them to bed at and and cody immediately finds a big boy and we sit down there and we try to make a plan. We, we were 540-ish, five, 540 to 600 yards away from them. 
and try to make a plan. And, uh, we just didn't see a way to get closer and none of us know anything about sheep. So we didn't know, like, can we break cover and like walk a little bit closer to shoot them? Like, are they going to like blow out of there? Cause they see us moving around down low. We didn't know anything about, you know what I mean? None of us have ever, none of us have sheep hunted before. It's all our, we're popping our sheep hunting cherry. <laughs> um, so, um, Cody decides, screw it. Uh, prior to this hunt, I, my buddy down here, Swanee, he owns a, he owns a, a gun store in town. I use him for my FFL and he, he bought, he's got a PRS shooting complex. Him and his business partner bought a PRS shooting complex. Swanee's a pretty well-known like PRS shooter. He's not a big social media guy, but he, in, in the, in the precision rifle community, he's, he's a well-known guy. Uh, he's a, he's a phenomenal shooter and he's a phenomenal coach. Uh, so I kind of, I worked out a deal with Swanee where I would, if he lets me go down and like helps me get better at shooting a long gun, because I basically since 2012 shooting a rifle has not been my bread and butter. It's been archery. Um, I was like, if you help me get better with a rifle and kind of knock the rust off, I'll take photos for you. So Cody got this gag. I was like, Hey, Swanee, you mind, uh, you mind doing a little coaching with my, my buddy's got a once in a lifetime sheep tag and Swanee jumped all over it. Like that guy spent a full day, two half days, but that's his own time and time's money, right? He's a business owner. He's building that range. Like he's, he's gay. He had better shit to, he had better shit that he could have been doing than, than messing around with us. And he spent basically a full day of his life working with and coaching Cody on like everything you like the difference in Cody when he first laid down behind that rifle to, to fire the first couple of rounds to zero it to the difference when he pulled the trigger on that sheep or, or the difference when we left the range the last day of last half a day of working with Swanee was a night and day difference. Like it, Swanee is a really good coach. <laughs> and um, like we, like the entire crew is forever grateful for that because like, 540 yards Cody was like ah, it's kind of far but he's like man I can do this like it's like I I already I got the training like I'm confident the gun's doped like completely different animal behind that rifle Cody's not a rifle hunter Cody is a, a bow hunter through and through um so uh but he was confident and he made a phenomenal shot we decided we were going to shoot him from where we were um, we had time Lance, I was running my camera, so I couldn't really, I, I have a bad habit of when I'm trying to film something, I am still too much in the hunt. Like I know, I know how to get good footage and, and do all the right things with a camera, but like, I'm, I'm still a hunter yep. um, and I'm more of a hunter than I am a video guy. So this on this hunt specifically i was like lance is here lance was a was a special forces sniper i'm like i'm not i'm running the camera like i'm not getting i'm gonna run the camera i'm gonna focus on capturing the hunt i'm not not doing i'm not doing the hunt i did a good job i was proud of myself lance got up there had cody had cody drop the mag out of the rifle do a couple of dry fires on the ram like uh there's one point in the video where lance was like you're not shooting that gun till you get your fucking breathing under control. Stop breathing like that. Like just 
breathe, start breathing normal, calm down. Um, Lance was checking, Lance was like, all right, our sheep's this far, what's your dope? Looking at Cody's, the app that Cody had on his phone, looking at the scope, like checking his dope, making sure everything was good. Got Cody calmed down, like got Cody's breathing, like Cody started breathing again. Lance went back and got behind the spotter and Lance filmed the shot with the Allen uh, behind the spotter. And uh, once Lance was in position and on the ram, Lance was like, I knew Cody and Cody just off safe, perfect freaking trigger squeeze and, and dumped him. And dumped, like, him. Oh, dumped him. Dumped him. What were like, you guys hey. shooting? Mm, we were shooting, it's one of my rifles. It's a Bagara MG Light. So it is... It's a got one of Bagar's premier actions. It's a six five Creedmoor, so it's their 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 premier action uh, carbon fiber barrel on an XLR chassis. So it's a it's a factory gun, but it's a factory gun on an XLR chassis. And that Bagara, like Bagara, makes a phenomenal rifle. They're they're super capable capable rifles for for what for hunting, right? For what yeah. we're doing, um, they are are more than capable. They're more capable than than we are behind them you know what i mean those guns are <laughs> those guns are those guns are are good um, it seems like they've really stepped up their game here in the last i don't know four or five years that like they've really kind of i don't maybe it's more marketing or maybe they're just more in front of my face but i seem to see them a lot more yeah that's what it is bagar has always made a good rifle they just i don't think they were putting themselves out there enough you know and now that they're they're getting out there. I mean, like the Tika T3X is probably one of the the most accurate out of the box rifles you can buy. And I put Bagara, uh, the not the veteran nonprofit that I work with. That's why we bought we would buy the Tikas for the vets that come down to hunt, and um, and we switched to Bagara because they're they're just as good. Like they're they make a really solid rifle. But yeah, I think their their marketing's just gotten well. They they got the Copeland Creative boys working with them now so okay of course of course <laughs> they're 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 going up you know um but they they're killing it with the marketing and the rifles they've always made good rifles but they're they're definitely they're they're making some phenomenal guns now so right. that, that mg that mg light is perfect for that though like it's it's swanee the the prs guy that was training us um, he was getting mad at the carbon barrel because like 10 after about 10 rounds those barrels heat up and they start to run and he's like swanee like these P- the difference between a prs shooter and a hunter are, are are two very different things but i'm telling you if you get a hunter if a hunter is trained by a prs shooter like that's a that's a deadly combo because like yeah. Swanee is so technical and so like like hitting just hitting the steel is not good enough. You know what I mean? Like you you have to center punch it every time. And like that's what he expects out of these people. He's like like Cody Cody hit steel at like six hundred yards. Uh I got this on video too at one point, I think, but he hit steel at like six hundred yards. He's like, oh, yeah, that was a good shot. Good shot. Cody's like, yeah, hopefully we can do that on the sheep hunt. And Swanee's like, no, you will do that on the sheep hunt. He's like, this is a rifle. He's like, this this isn't, there, there's no hoping. Like, I'm giving you the skills right now. If you do this, you will do that on the sheep hunt. Like, there's no, there's no hoping. This is, this is a rifle. This is a precision weapon. Like, you get your dope right, you breathe, you build a good position, you have a good trigger squeeze, 
you're going to fucking hit what you're aiming at. Like, he's like, there's no hope. There, there's no hoping. This isn't, this is a screw rifle. So <laughs> like that, Jedi like that. mind games with yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's his mindset though. And, and it was, it was cool to, to work with him, but, um, it was a, it was a six, five PRC was the caliber we were shooting. Okay. So, well, uh, using factory ammo or reloads? Mm-hmm. We had factory ammo. We had the the Hornaday ELDXs. Okay. Yeah, I'd say that's what that's what I shoot out of my six five PRC. Those one one forty threes. Yep. Yep. I'm actually I'm going to take a lady into killing elk with that. So nice. We'll see how that goes in October. She's got a first rifle tag. Um, but but yeah, so um, sheep's dead. Like, <laughs> first hour of daylight of the rifle season the sheep is dead another day one animal down <laughs> another day one animal down and that's what we were all laughing about like oh my gosh this season is gonna be good so we get up there we get photos we get video we get them broke down we get them packed off the mountain we get them packed down to camp we we got back to camp we we're like you know what let's uh we all crawled in our tents and took a little nap a little midday siesta you know laid the meat out laid the hide out let everything kind of cool and then took a little midday siesta because most of us were really just dreading the fact that we're packing that sheep out and we all packed like our packs were full we packed for a five day a six five day six night backpack hunt and we just killed the sheep in the first hour of the first day. I'm like, man, I can carry you still all got six days out. of food in your pack. Yeah, I'm gonna carry all this food out. So, um, packed those got packed. Woke up from our little siesta, packed up camp, uh, and hiked out. Before we hiked out, we actually ran into the sheep hunter that the other sheep hunter for the unit, the non-resident sheep hunter that had the unit. We told him where the sheep were, and he hunted that day. He didn't get on them, but. He had to, he's a he's a firefighter out of Wyoming and he came back down and he ended up killing a good ram out of that. We're fairly certain it's the same band of rams. So he ended up smoking a good ram in a very similar area out of that same band. So nice. that got it done too. So it was cool. Like he kind of came wandering up the trail right as we were about to leave camp. And we're like, hey man, what are you hunting? And he's like, uh sheep. He's like, that's a great ram and so him and cody rode out for a little bit and then um we gave him the intel we had and and sent him on his way and he got it done so that was super cool to get that text from cody like i think we got that last week like hey old boy got it done up there too cool nice so um but yeah so then we packed down and then moose opened the same day archery moose opened on the muzzleloader opener so that was not this last saturday but the saturday before so we uh we headed down um lance and i we went back to cody's house kind of refit a little bit and then lance and i drove all the way back to colorado springs from where cody was in aspen and um we uh we stopped and hunted one of lance's spots because he's got an elk tag to fill and didn't get into anything came home kind of refit and uh got ready for the moose hunt and then went in for moose we all kind of very similar to the sheep hunt cody beat us up there but we're truck camping this time uh because we wanted to be kind of mobile because it's moose so we're truck camping we get to camp 
come up with a plan. Haven't really scouted much, but we know the area really well. It's an area both Snyder, Code, and Cody have hunted a lot. So um, we know the area well. We've got some decent loose intel from some elk hunters. And so we kind of came up with a plan, woke up early, again, super early, hiked up into the high country, like 12,000 feet before the sun came up. This hike was a little bit more brutal, though. Like it was, it was... By the time day one was done, we had over 20 miles. We had done over 20 miles. Like okay. uh, about halfway through the day, I was like, yeah, boys, this uh, this should have been a backpack hunt. Like we mm-hmm. should have backpacked. We should have carried our shit up here. Like I don't want to go back down to the truck. The truck's a long ways away. <laughs> um, but we hiked up in the Alpine, didn't find anything in the morning. Kind of, we all spread out on these ridges and glass and glass and glass. Cody ended up spotting uh, a couple of moose off in the distance, about two miles down the ridge from where we where we were set up glass. And so we moved in and kind of lost sight of them as we moved in and weren't sure where they went, but we knew where we'd last seen them. Lance tried to do a little calling, but I think the wind was too high. I don't think those moose could hear him. And, and so calling didn't work. And so Cody and I, Kind of were like, all right, you guys stay here and, and we're going to sneak in. I, I had the camera, so I was kind of in Cody's hip pocket. Um, and we snuck in and, and ran right into the moose. Like, saw the cow, saw the big bull. And because there was in that group, there was a couple of cows and, a, and there was three bulls. And one of those bulls was significantly, they're all, they're all good bulls, but one of those bulls was significantly bigger. Um, this is evening time now. Uh, so this is like evening time. So Cody's kind of screwing us on our first day, first morning. He's breaking up our first day, first morning. <laughs> there. Um, we all, we all picked on him when we got back to camp. We're like, man, Cody, like normally we're like breaking down camp by now. But now we got to spend another night. We actually have to spend a night out here. What the hell? Um, we need to get it together, man. Uh, so losing, losing your edge, son. You're yeah. Losing your edge. So, um, we're, we're, we're on these moose. Uh, Cody ranges the cow because the cow is coming through an opening and Cody ranges that cow when she steps in the opening and got a range ready to go. Bull starts to step into the opening. Cody gets the full draw. Um, bull slightly quarter away. Like it's a perfect, perfect, like exactly how you want an animal to be when you're sending an arrow at it. Like attack target, just perfectly right there in the open. Yeah, yeah, like beautiful. And Cody sends his arrow, and it's low. So the bull was a few, probably five to ten yards behind where that cow was. Um, what can you do? That's bow hunting, yeah. right? So the bull was probably five ten yards behind where that cow was. Then Cody ranged the bull for like 53 range that cow at like 53 yards so um and the bull was definitely probably closer to 60 so uh don't know where we hit the bull um no clue bull run we we hit him but i like neither uh, again flashbacks to my elk like don't think that arrow's gonna need to get another arrow a bull runs out to 70 something and stands he's broadside again but um he's got all kinds of crap in the way 
right? And like trees, Cody's got a small window to shoot through, but he ranges them, gets an actual range on the bull this time and draws back, hits them. We just don't know. Like I downloaded the footage from my camera. It's like hard to tell where the arrow went. And not shooting like lighted knocks or anything. No, lighted knock would have changed the game. But uh we think it's back. We think it's a touchback. Like he hit perfect midline of the body, like vertically. Mm-hmm. He hit right where he wanted to right right where you want to be, but he he was a touchback. What we think. We watched the bull go 50 yards in bed, like immediately. Like, oh, he's sick. He's screwed up. Indian, the Indian over here, me, I'm like, well, let's sneak around and put some more arrows in that son of a gun. Let's put some holes, let's poke some holes in this bad boy. Uh, he's a moose, right? Like, yeah. moose, you can kind of sneak around on Cody, the experienced bow hunter from the North Country. Uh, he's like, no. I don't want to bump him. I don't want to bump him out of here. And I think I think Cody made the right call. I, I do think we could have put some arrows in him, but we could have put some more arrows in him, but that would have been at the risk of, of bumping him out of that area completely to a spot where we wouldn't find him. Cody's like, let's just leave him. We know where he's at. He got up from his bed one time and walked up the hill and out of sight. So we didn't know where he went from there. So we didn't want to make another move on him. So, uh, we left him that one arrow was in him somewhere we left him and and we hiked out to camp and i'm sure it was a sleepless night for cody uh we get up the next morning cody calls in reinforcements uh the reinforcements like we had seven people out there ready to pack this moose out well reinforcements were arriving at camp or driving to camp that morning to go in to help get the moose out that we don't even know if it's dead yet, but we're confident in that shot. Like we know that moose is dead up there somewhere. We just, the hard part's going to be to find him. Yeah. Um, we decided to call around to a couple of outfitters, see if we can get some horses. So we call this outfitter by the name of Mule Creek Outfitters. And uh, it's a stable or, or whatever uh, outfitter that, Lance is used in, in the special forces world for like horse training. Uh, but when they used them, they were under different ownership and they have new owners now. So we call those guys like, Hey, we got a moose. This is where it's at. Like send them the onyx pins. Like you can't give them any more information on where this moose is. And they're like, yeah, all right, cool. We'll be out there. We'll, we'll help you get it out. That's perfect. So Cody, this sucks for the film because I didn't get to go in with everyone and like be there when Cody found the moose. But I was the only one that knew where Cody shot that moose at, right? And and in like a film's cool. We got the shot on film, and a, and a film's cool and it's a cool story. But like at the end of the day, the priority is getting the meat out. Like yeah. the, the priority is getting the meat off that animal, getting the animal out of the field. So I was the only one that knew where they shot the moose at. So I was the one that got voted to stay back and go in with the horses because I could take them right to where we shot the mix. Like I knew where everything went down. It was only me and Cody that was in there. Obviously Cody wants to go up there and find his bull. He's not going to sit down there and wait for horses. So, um, so I stayed down and wait, wait for horses. I got my in reach up and running, waiting to hear from those guys like, Hey, we found it or didn't find it. Cause we didn't want to have the horses launch until we knew for sure the moose was dead until like, 
we we know, right? We don't want to ride those guys way into the backcountry and then be like, oh yeah, we couldn't find it. I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks for coming. <laughs> right. So they hung out with me. We got the message. Cody's like, hey, he's dead and he's huge. And I was like, cool. Let's let's uh let's saddle these fucking things up and get up the trail. So uh Cody's got seven people up there. They're breaking down the animal. I am on horseback with this this cowboy crew going in to get the the horse we get seven miles up the trail and this is a trail these are nice trails um like are they the best trails is it like a state park trail no but these are nice trails for national forest like nice we get seven miles in it's like six thirty seven o'clock the sun's going down and these these jack wagons are like hey uh we can't we can't ride in the dark like we're gonna have to turn around I'm like what we left the trailhead at 3 30 it took us from 3 30 until almost seven o'clock to go seven miles so like we can't ride in the dark we gotta turn around I'm like what I'm like, yeah we don't have we don't have flashlights like we don't have any, we don't have any of that stuff I'm like what are you guys doing out here like what are you guys doing out here? yeah is this, this your first like, road uh, I think it was their first rodeo. Like I've never, I'm not a cowboy and I'm not a horse person. Like I grew up with horses, but I'm so far removed from that world. Um, but like their horses didn't want to cross water. Like they didn't shoe their horses. They put boots on their horses. Like these horses, they, yeah, they put boots on them instead of shoes. Like which, the Velcro, like doggy booties you see? like. Yeah, basically they weren't Velcro. They, they had like, you know, buckles, but yeah, they don't shoe them. They don't put shoes on them. They, they put those, these like rubber boots on the front of them. And, um, like, so these guys are from a dude ranch, right. And like, they take, they take people out and ride them around in circles in their pastures. Like they, they, they didn't belong out there. They, they're trying to have a they're trying to make a business of doing that too but i i hope that that doesn't go well for them because what <laughs> what they did to us was wrong so they're turning around they're like hey we will we're gonna come back and get that moose out tomorrow like we're gonna be we'll be back at eight in the morning to get the moose out and i'm sending all these guys this stuff on the in because there's seven people on that moose right now yeah seven people can pack a moose out it's not going to be fun but seven people can get that animal out of there. So, but they tell us that they're coming back. They're like, oh no, we're coming back. So Cody's like, all right, I guess uh, we're going to hike back down. The moose is all broke down, quartered up, ready for transport. You know, uh, we're going to hike on, we'll, we'll hike out all seven people. And then all those seven people had to go back to work the next day. Like that was the day to get it out. Uh, and again, like I got back down to the trailhead they're loading their horse on the trailer. Like I'm like, so meet right here at eight, like eight o'clock tomorrow morning. You guys are going to be here. Like, yep, we'll be here at eight. Like no problem. So we'll get that thing out. Everything be good to go. So next morning rolls around. I wake up at six. I text the packer that was with us. Like, Hey man, make sure everything's laid on. Like, just let me know when you guys are on the way or getting close before you go down to the trailhead. Cause you lose cell service. Nothing. Text the owner of the outfit, no response, call him. He ignores my call and says, please text. And I've already sent a text that's asking like, hey, are you coming? Um, so I send this, I 
type up a very similar text and send it and follow his instructions, no text. We drive to the trailhead at eight, no trailer, no horses, get back to camp, text some more, no answer. This dude, the owner of Mule Creek Outfitters calls us at eight o'clock or eight o'clock, 10 o'clock, two hours after the link up time that they said they were gonna link up with us. Calls us at 10 o'clock and tells us that it's too dangerous and that he doesn't want to risk injuring his animals or doesn't want to risk hurting one of his riders. Let's back this up. Well, we're riding, well, I'm riding these horses with these people. The two of them are freaking ripping a weed bait pen the whole time going up the trail, passing their weed bait pen back and forth. Like they're, they're smoking weed, which I don't give a fuck. If you're a pro, if you're a pro and you smoke weed and you can smoke weed and be a pro, let her rip, like send it. But clearly they're not, they're not pros. Right. So they, uh, yeah. So they no call, no show two hours after the agreed upon link up time. They tell us they're not coming. We had seven people on that animal the night before. Now there's, four of us Fuck. now there's four of us four. So, for a moose for a moose that's and he's back there right like he's in there um they, it, like they're maybe a five mile hike out if we go off trail and if we're on trail like the trail those horses were going up was about 15 miles one way oh, to get dude. to him so we have seven people on the, that animal was broke down and there were seven people sitting at that animal. The only reason those seven people left was because they said they were coming back at eight o'clock the next morning. And then the owner called me at 10 o'clock the next morning, two hours after supposed to show up and said, Hey, we made the, after talking to my guy that was out there, it's just unsafe. And I'm like, well, if he thought it was unsafe, why the fuck didn't he tell me that last night? Yeah. When there was seven people sitting on that moose. So they, they, they fucked us. Like they, yeah. they fucked us. There's no other way to put that than they fucked us. Like 100% fucked us. And I would not use them ever. Like not even if there was a fire because it was <laughs> like, it was a clown show. It was a clown show. Their, their mules kept getting loose. One of the reasons it took us so long to get up there is because they couldn't handle the pack animals that they had. Like they were pony and mules and the mules kept getting loose and running off. And it was, it was a clown show the entire time. And like, it, it was not good. So, um, so yeah, so now we don't got horses. So we call Snyder. We call, I call my buddy, our buddy, Ryan Rotier. We call Rotier. I'm like, Hey man, like we need horses because there's only four of us. Uh, this is what this outfitter just did to us. Like they just bent us over hard. Um, we had seven people on the, like it would not have been a problem had they said the night, if they, all they had to do the night before was say, Hey man, we're in over our heads. We can't do this. Like, cool. Perfect. Hey, seven guys start packing that moose out. Yeah. But now, like, they, they didn't. They were like, oh, we're coming back. We got this. You guys are good. Like, gave us their word and then broke it. So, fun fact, we also heard another story from the outfitter that did pack us out. Well, may, I don't, I don't want to put them on the blast. We heard a story from another outfitter 
that I don't, I don't know if it was actually them. They like they they used that outfit to pack out an elk and like they packed out the meat for them and then didn't pack the head out. They left the head up there because they couldn't figure out how to get it on horses. Like they couldn't figure out how to tie it on. Like that that's the kind of that's yeah. the kind of outfit oh. mule, that's the kind of outfit Mule Creek is. So um so we end up linking up with Aaron finally finds an outfitters, Geneva Park outfitters. Those guys are amazing right uh they're they're actual outfitters one they outfit that unit like they that guy the the owner of geneva park had uh he pulls like his guides and, and a couple guys out of camps like had to have them pack out with their horses out of camps that were already in the backcountry to come get us out right and they showed up with four horses i think they had four horses maybe five they showed up with four or five horses they went straight up and over the top of the mountain didn't ride a trail went straight up and over the top of the mountain, got that moose out. They had that moose out. I think it took them probably the amount of time it took me to go seven miles on the trail with that other outfitter. It took them to go up and over the mountain off trail and bring the moose back down. Like they were fast. Nice. So good outfit, like professional good outfit. So, um, yeah, so <laughs> it was not good, but we got the moose out. It just took, they, they couldn't, they didn't end up being able to come the next day, the day that that outfitter screwed us because the, we did, there was rain and, and thunderstorms that came in and stuff. They could have made it, but they're like, Hey, like we just pulled these guys out of camp. It was cool enough that the meat was fine. Um, if, if it hadn't been cool, that in like that, we would have been screwed. Like if the weather didn't work in our favor, that meat would have spoiled. We'd have been, we'd have been screwed. Like that outfitter, that other outfitter, Mule Creek really did screw us. So, um, but, they came in the next day, got the moose out like professionals, the professionals that they are. Um, didn't even we didn't even ride in with them. They did. They're like, yeah, we don't we don't need you guys. Send us where's the moose at? Send me the look at. Yep, okay, we're gonna go get out. Got the moose, got everything out for us, and uh, we were off. And so now now uh, we're uh, my buddy, my army buddy flew in to to hunt elk, and Lance has a tag, so we're. Those are the last two tags we got to fill. And then I got to go back to being in the army. And so I took, I took the day off from hunting. Actually, yesterday we got, we got into a bowl pretty good. Um, but I took today, the first half of today off and taken off from hunting because I wanted to do this podcast with you. And then I got some, some born primitive work to get caught up on. And then Anything new, uh, new exciting stuff that you can, can tease us uh, with? I don't think so all the new exciting <laughs> stuff that the the newest and most exciting stuff is coming from kapar and i don't think i want to talk about it so yeah we, <clears throat> yep yeah i, no, I, uh, got, I appreciate going on this morning man like i said it, snyder like he just got so busy that week he was back and like didn't i thought maybe he would have recorded one about his trip up in bc but just mm-hmm. didn't didn't happen so i'm like scrambling to get a podcast out i'm like well mike's been everywhere here in the last few weeks yeah yeah we'll just we'll just bullshit with mike and get uh, get some of his stories mike and jerry yeah the mike and jerry show (laughs) uh, yeah the mike and jerry show that's a good name we should we should run with that there'll be a a little offshoot of kafaro cast then the the mike and jerry hour brought to you by skull and black rifle and kafaro and skull I don't know what your 
buddy. Cope. It's got to. It's got. I, I don't. I don't choose. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it's not in a cardboard can, it's bullshit. So that's the only. This is only a hunting season thing. I'm trying to cut back. I usually do the zins, but um, it's hunting season, so I'm allowing myself one of the finest pleasures in life, which is Copenhagen <laughs> Long Cut. Original cardboard nice. can. Hell yeah. But yeah, buddy. All right. Um, I yeah, I think we're we're a little over an hour, so but we got got all the stories out of you, and hopefully, it was, you'll, it, hopefully you'll have a couple more here. It was an next. epic adventure. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, it should be. If we get two more, if we kill two more elk, uh, that's a hell of a season. If we kill my bull, bighorn, moose. Oh, I don't want to. I don't know if I should put this out there, but that moose we killed is big. Like big, big moose, big. Like we got to wait ninety days to score it, have it professionally scored, and Cody's actually going to have it professionally scored. Because yeah. it, he's big, it's like big, big. I say it looked big for like everything I've seen come out of Colorado. It's like I don't. And then again, I don't know moose. It's like yeah, me either. But like species that I'll probably never get to hunt. So could be could be like a top ten, top five to ten Shires moose ever killed with a bow. So it's, yeah. it's a it's a big moose. I don't know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go film some interview stuff with Cody. Yeah, and then I don't know who's going to edit that footage if it's going to be you guys or what, but like you or or someone up there. But um, I'll get all the footage over to you guys. There will be there'll be a couple films. There'll be a film that comes out about the sheep hunt. They'll probably be short. I I would make them short, not long form, like three to three to eight minute films. But there there'll be a couple films that come out there. I mean, just such a it was so hard to get. I didn't have enough footage at the end of either, either one because yeah, well, yeah, when you're over. killing shit on day one, the like, hunts are over. Like, there's no, yeah. So, but I mean, it, it it's been a jam packed season. So, uh, there like, will be yeah. some, there will be some films for the people to watch. Yeah, it was like the mule deer hunt that I did with Snyder up at Rotiers last year. He killed day one, and it's like, well, film is what it is because that's that's but, all the footage I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um. I really wish I could have went up there when Cody found the moose, but we did. We got some footage. Like I was like, Lance, just put your phone on uh, cinematic mode and crank the f stop all the way up to like sixteen. It'll look pretty, pretty good. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah. Got to What can you do? Yeah. <laughs> when you hang out, when you no, hang out, no, no, Cody, you got to wait till day three to shoot your ram because we need more mm. footage. Like, no, mm-hmm. you're not. You're not. No, absolutely not. So, no. yeah. In the end, um, we're we're hunters, you know, not uh, not Steven Spielberg. So, you yeah, know. and yeah, I'm certainly not Steven Spielberg. Uh, like I said, some of the footage is rough, but we got enough. So, I think I'll, I'll post that reel today, probably. Or when yeah. are you doing this? You posting that? I'll probably post this tomorrow. Okay, so I'll post that reel tomorrow. Then I'll post that reel just so people can see it. I don't know if I'm gonna. I was going to use it for Born Primitive, but I don't know if Born Primitive is going to love the MFers. So, I run it past them first. I mean, I'm send it to Bear or whoever yeah, here. I did, I did, to. but I don't, I don't know. The other problem with the Born Primitive is I can't use training audio, so I edited it to that song, and then yep. on Instagram, I'll go in and actually just click the, the actual audio. Yep. And use so that way it uses their audio uh, instead of original. But on Born Primitive's account, I can't do that because 
because it's they're, a business limited, or whatever. Yeah, they're limited to like busker ass audio. The music's terrible. Yeah, I think Kafaro's so, the the same way. Kafaro Cast, I can get away with using fun audio because it's just mm. a page. But if you're a business page, you get uh, you get the shaft when it comes to good audio. So mm. maybe. Uh, all right, let's wrap this and then we'll talk. All right, sounds good, buddy. Well, thanks again. All right, buddy. Later. See ya.